The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Chris Sheeran Show here on YesNetwork.com and iTunes Podcast. You could just type in the name Chris Sheeran Show and start listening to this content for free. How about that? Ladies and gentlemen, in a world where everything costs you something and, you know, an eye, an arm, a leg, you know, you get this for free. America is tremendous. You get free sports content across every sport. We talk baseball. We talk football. We talk hockey. We have guests. It's tremendous. What a country. You get so much bang for your buck. There's no reason why you shouldn't be downloading this podcast and listening to it. Lou, your thoughts? As much return on investment as you can expect from no investment whatsoever, other than your time. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, I mean, it's your fault if you don't. But anyway, here we go. (sighs) So, Yankee fans out there that think there's some magic potion that is going to somehow ingest itself into this team. By next Tuesday, you're out of your minds. It's not happening. At this point, you may be looking at a road playoff game in Houston against Dallas Keuchel, who's 15-0 and there. And he will pitch on short rest if that's the case. Yeah. Don't, don't, think, don't think you're going to see uh, the 3-4 or 5 starter for Houston. You're going to get their best. They want, to sur- they want to survive in advance. And right now, the Yankees have Masahiro Tanaka lined up for that game. How'd he look against the Red Sox Wednesday night? Rusty. He even said it. In his defense, he, he was, you know, the velocity was there. And he's, he's allowed to be rusty. It was his first start since the 18th. What's that? 12 days? It had been 12 days. Yeah. yeah. So you knock the rust off. You would think, you would think, and I would give it to him, that Tanaka would be raring to go and ready on Tuesday and give the Yankees a brilliant performance. Maybe give up one run over seven and a third. Doesn't matter. Because no matter how good Tanaka pitches in that wild card game, whether it's at Yankee Stadium or Houston, or Anaheim. And people who are begging for Anaheim to beat Houston out for this wild card, you know, be careful what you wish for. I know the pitching isn't really there for the Angels like it is for the Astros. But they have Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. Thank you. And they also have other people in that lineup that could hurt you the small way. And Mike Sosha is going to play small ball. He's going to get a run. And if he has his eye on what the Yankees have been doing lately, all you're going to need is two runs to beat this team. I think I just saw in the, in the Yankees' last 32, was that, was that the graphic that was sent out? 32, yeah. Last 32 games, th- th- there's a split. They're 14-10 and 10 in their first 24. And now what are they, under 500? They were three and one against in the White Sox. Eight, have three lost and three five. in a row against the Red Sox. So they're and three, lost, yeah. three and five in their last. Lost eight. the last game of the previous series. Scoring under three runs per game. 
Now, they were only four games over uh, 500 in those first 24 games, but they were scoring six runs a game. The offense was still there. And if you want to put this all into perspective, and you think, and I, Lou and I talked about this last week, it could change on a dime. And it can. It's baseball. That happens. Have you seen what the Blue Jays have done? 47 and 19. Are you kidding me? I think since July 28th. Yeah, since they made those trades. 47 and 19. That's and a 700 ish winning percentage. 719. Yeah. They've got the pitching, they've got a lineup that I think is the best lineup right now that's heading towards the postseason. You, you, you want to. You Even without Tulo. Yeah. Yeah. He's been out of the lineup. They're still scoring runs at a premium. As as one or both of us have mentioned multiple times over the last weeks, it's everybody in that lineup contributing from the Bautista Donaldson and Carnacion's on down to Ryan Goins and Kevin Pillar. Lou was at the stadium last night, so I'm going to give these couple of stats that I'm going to lay out and let Lou break down what he saw last night. But this is all you need to know about this Yankee team as it heads towards the wild card game. They have four games left. All they need is one win. Their magic number is one or one Angels loss. Angels and Twins, I think. Okay, so the Angels and Twins, if one of them loses just one more time in their games, or the Yankees just take care of business themselves and win a game, they're in the postseason for the first time since 2012. However, this is all you need to know about the Yankees right now. Against Red Sox pitching. This is not the Astros. This is not the Royals. This is not the Blue Jays. This is the Red Sox. Now, I get it. They're in third place in the AL East. They've been playing great under Tori Lovello. I get it. But there's a reason they're in third place and a country mile behind Toronto. The Yankees are 6 for 29 with runners in scoring position. That's a 202 average. I'm sorry, excuse me. I think it's 206. In the first 3 games against the Red Sox, 3 for 14 last night. They've stranded 30 base runners. 3-0, 15 I believe last night. They've almost stranded as many base runners on the field as players that they have In the dugout right now. That is a small village of base runners left on the base paths. At this time of the season, you can't do that. If you have a 10-game lead and you're already in the postseason, who cares? You're pretty much tapping the brake as you coast into the postseason. You're going down... Lumbar Street in San Francisco, tapping the brake. Google it. It's the curvy one. Yeah. If you don't have time to Google it. This team is one and done in the postseason. If they play the way they have been. One and done. I've been saying if they keep playing the way they are for the past three weeks, it's time to face facts, everybody. This is your team. This is it. 
And I'll give you the numbers again. Dallas Keuchel, if he gets to start, I don't care what kind of rest he's on. Two starts against the Yankees this year. Zero ERA in 16 innings, 21 strikeouts, one walk. Good luck with all that. And even on short rest in a one-game playoff, knowing he won't be back till game three of a potential DS, what else is Houston going to do? What else can they What else should they do? I listened to a lot of sports talk radio over the last, as we tape this, it's about 2 o'clock on Thursday, so I'll say the last 14 hours heading into this. Uh, an hour and change of the schmooze on the way home from the stadium last night at you know 1 a.m., a lot of people don't like him. I do. I he's interesting. All I the, like Summers. All, all the crazies come out on his show. It seems like that's another like, reason yeah. why I like him. Yeah, it's like that one guy that follows us on Twitter that I think every tweet is at Yes Network. This team sucks in some formation. <laughs> it's it's like it's like old man yells at Cloud from The Simpsons. Um, and then I listened to Joe and Evan this morning, and I'm going to take away three salient points from. I like that word salient. Three salient points from either callers or either Steve or Joe or Evan that you have to tend to think are, are true at this point. Number one, someone brought up one of the crazy old lunatic men who was yelling and screaming at Steve Summers last night, that this team is very poor fundamentally at baseball. And someone I was talking with yesterday at the stadium also thought this was true. And you look at the last game I went to prior to last night was Friday against the White Sox. First inning, Jacoby Ellsbury gets on with a double. Guardy bunts him over. A-Rod sacks him in. The only run they scored. But it's one nothing. You know, a little bit of big ball, a little bit of small ball. That's how you play. That was actually – oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't Friday. It was Monday when I was doing socials. That was the Red Sox. Yeah, it was Monday when I was doing socials. That was it. That was all they got off of A-Rod. But still, they showed it was there. That's not the rule. That's the exception as of late in terms of this is, this is Earl Weaver baseball at its finest this year. That's why they have 47 home runs of three runs or more this season. It's a bloop and a blast. There's no in between. Right, but yeah, and, and on that point, how many times have they left the bases loaded? Right. Now, that was going to be my next point, which I talked to you before, Sorry I rushed before the show. No, I was right there. As you, this was right as where I was going into. Not once last night, which would have been tough enough, bad enough, insert your adjective here, twice in 11 innings last night, once in a humongous spot late in the game. A player, the first time Didi Gregorius, the second time Brett Gardner, made the third out of an inning with the bases loaded, swinging at the first pitch thrown by a pitcher who had walked multiple hitters in that inning already. Gregorius... In fact, coming off two straight walks, swung at the first pitch. That is terrible. That is terrible in two facets. Number one, it's terrible enough that you leave the bases loaded. But after seeing pitchers that are not around the strike zone, A, B, know they need to be around the strike zone, so maybe they're a little less effective because of it because they have nowhere to put you, especially late in the game, in Gardner's case, where that would have given them a lead they may not have relinquished at that point. Because that was, I believe, the eighth inning. Swing at the first pitch. Now, Didi gave it a ride, but it was a fly ball. And Betts and Bradley out there 
are what everyone thought Ellsbury and Gardner would be in terms of covering the outfield. The two of them could probably play it themselves and needed little help from Brock Holt last night. The second part of that is, were you watching from the on-deck circle? Did you not see what Gene Machi did in Gardner's case? Yeah. Or early in the game, I believe it was still uh, still Miley with Didi. May have been uh, may have been someone else at that point. Forgive me, I'm wrong. But you can't go up there. I mean, if it's a great first pitch, okay, yes, because he knows he's got to throw a strike. He knows he's got to try to get ahead. But that's just not good. In I, no. I tweeted it. So much not good happened in this inning. I don't know where to start. That was the eighth inning that started with Ellsbury getting picked off after he walked. And continued. The Yankees had four guys in that inning draw bases on balls. Nobody scored, and the third out was made swinging at the first pitch after two consecutive bases on balls. And Machi got away with it. Mm -hmm. He threw a two-seam fastball that tailed just enough. That Gardner rolled it over to second. Right. Now, you're taught from, I don't know, eight, nine years old to go with the pitch. That's easier said than done with a 90-plus mile-an-hour fastballs coming at you with late movement. But that that ball, and if you've listened to this podcast since we started in 2009, you know I love Brett Gardner. But that ball can't be rolled over to second base. That ball has to be shot into left field. Two runs have to score, and you have to win that game. It's as simple as that. You can't. Now, look, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Eduardo Rodriguez. The guy can pitch. Mm-hmm. He can. Anybody that was out there on that mound is a major league pitcher. Right. But this is the... Andy Pettit is a starting pitcher. This is the Sorry. Red Sox. And, and, you know, if you win the wild card, if you do, luckily, get by that one game playing, Toronto right now, it's has Toronto. the best record in the American League by a game over the Royals. It's Toronto or Kansas City, either way. It's you are good. playing the Toronto Blue Jays at Rogers Center, what, Thursday? The ALDS would be Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Or Sunday, Monday, Wednesday. Again, good luck yeah. with all that. Now, I, I have to throw myself on the sword here. Because I put out a tweet. Uh, was it... Could it be considered a little bit trolling? Maybe. But I put out a tweet when the deal was made for David Price. And I said, I'm just going to leave this right here. And it was his postseason record. And I think he's 1-5 with an ERA over 4. And that is that counting his time as the closer on the World Series team? Yeah. All of his, yeah, all, okay. all of his uh, playoff experience. Wasn't fair. It was a... Asinine tweet. I will own up to it being asinine. This guy has just been drop dead, lights out, like carving the path with a machete to the postseason for the Blue Jays. And it's like I said on our show last week, it's not just what he does. It's that moxie. It's his performances that ignites the rest of the rotation. It's that baton passing. No one wants to drop it. Marco Estrada, Marcus Stroman. Who threw eight, an eight-inning almost shutout in game one of that doubleheader when they had the chance to clinch us. R.A. Dickey. You know, and you listen to Joe and Evan. I was listening to MLB Network Radio. 
and I'm pretty sure it was Steve Phillips who, who brought this up, and it was a great point. You go price in game one, definitely. Um, then in game two, you know, you could go Stroman. You can go Dickey if you're facing the Yankees because they can't hit knuckleballers. Right. Then you can go Estrada because if you need to empty out the bullpen in game three, if you're not going to sweep because Estrada lost it because, let's face it. He does. He's been known to lose it. If you have to empty out the bullpen, Dickey could start game four and throw 200 pitches. Mm-hmm. And that's we haven't even said the name Mark Burley or Drew Hutchinson, right. whose right. record is ridiculous, especially at Rogers Center. But look. You could insert any of those names in there, Lou. You have R.A. Dickey. That is something that no other team no other team has that that's going into the postseason. No other team has a knuckleballer. And the, and the Yankees didn't even see the Red Sox knuckleballer in this series. Stephen Wright, yeah. who they couldn't hit the last time they faced him. And they haven't hit R.A. Dickey this year any time they faced him. Nope. So, hypothetically, Yankee fans, if you do get by the Astros or Angels or even the Twins, they're all still alive. Could still be Texas as and well. And it could in, still be Texas. In a very bizarre scenario. Right. If the Angels, you know, are able to sweep that four-game series. If the Angels sweep, Minnesota loses two out of three minimum to Kansas City. And, and the Houston, Astros. Houston loses two out of three to, to the Arizona. It would be the Yankees against the Rangers. They have the same record right now, 86 and 72. And hello, Cole Hamels. And the Yankees lost that season series, so in a tiebreaker, Texas would have the home field. Or Derek Holland. And guess what they are? Or Giovanni Gallardo or Cole Hamels. I'm talking about the lefties. Oh. Cole Hamels. And Holland. Look, I will be – listen. (laughs) I will be absolutely shocked. Shocked. If the Yankees are moving on past Tuesday, and if they do, I, well, I, I just don't know how they get any further once they start matching up against these other teams a, they can match up In against. a one-game scenario, anything can happen, and, and that, that I'll bring up later because I have some wild-card discussion we can carry the second half of the show with. You led me nicely into point number two that I said earlier. Because um, David Price reminds you a lot of CC Sabathia in 2008 in Milwaukee. Exactly. Only a be- it's a better outcome for, right. for him and the team. Point number two Does came. He, ha- he hasn't had to pitch on three days rest. Right. Point number two came from uh, the genesis of point number three was that Admiral Kirk. The bo- <laughs> you don't want to give me the genesis device. Okie doke. You have to assume Adam Warren is a reliever in the postseason. If he starts tomorrow in Baltimore, you know, he's a reliever. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you're going to get beyond the top three? I mean, Meredith even asked this question last night to Joe Girardi in his post-game press conference. Are you – I forget what word she used. I don't know if it was uncomfortable or uncertain or whatever. Beyond, beyond Willie and Willie and Millie and Deli, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. You got nothing. No. Jason, Jason Shreve, the clock has struck midnight on him. The, the carriage is a pumpkin. He, he said it last he night. He said it last night. I, I, got, I nothing. got nothing. <laughs> his, his ERA, I, I wrote it down, his ERA in September was 11.12. Over the last two weeks, 16.2. Over the last week, 27. So he's, got, he's been bad and gotten worse. He is out of the circle of trust. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Trademark Mike Axis at River Avenue Blues. Circle of Trust. 
Left-handed hitters are hitting. Actually, almost, it's Robert De Niro right. and. Well, yeah, but he does use that for the Yankees bullpen often. If you yeah. read Rab, uh-huh. left-handed hitters, which are supposed to be Shreve's bread and butter because he's a lefty, are hitting two forty-seven. Righties are hitting two hundred. Lefties are hitting him better. What role does he have in the postseason? He doesn't. Other than a mop-up guy at that point with and those numbers, he doesn't. He was getting both sides out. He has great, has great hair. We'll give him that. Jason Shreve has great hair. Andrew Bailey, on the other side, has given up six earned runs in his last four outings. Three innings pitch, he's given up six earned runs. He has now was a 9 ERA because of it. Right-handed batters, righty-righty, supposed to be the better matchup, are hitting three thirty-three against him. <laughs> It's like softball numbers. Yeah. 273 for lefties. So they're like opposite. Like Clay, uh, Cody Epley was a, was a rugi. It's like pitching to a healthy Lou Gehrig. So those two guys have been, you know, Bailey's a trusted veteran. Shreve's been good all year. But unlike, you know, you said that trolling tweet about David Price, past performance doesn't necessarily indicate prologue to what's going to well, happen. Oh, we're still not in the postseason. Right. But, but you have to also think that as great as Chase and Shreve was from April 6th until – August 1st and beyond, he's been – that's as how as bad he's been now, in the words of Tim McCarver Family Guy, since September 1st. <laughs> you, you know what clip I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. As bad as the Yankees were in the first half of the game, that's how as bad they've been now. <laughs> um, <laughs> look it up. It's a Family Guy clip. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, Warren's been stretched out. He's been moving around. He's got this and that. Capuana, I mean – Chris Campuano looks like the lefty specialist at this point. He's still on the team. He is. Oh, okay. I was he checking. hasn't been. They haven't DFA'd him this month. They haven't needed to. Um, I'm think. I think his locker has that sign, like you know, zero days without an accident in this workplace. It's like, <laughs> like that. Uh, that's 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 terrible, and I shouldn't say that because Chris Capuano is a wonderful human oh, being. Oh God. Um, and that brings me to point number three is somebody mentioned oh, another one of the lunatics who called up. Uh, Summers last night was screaming and yelling that Joe Girardi never manages with his gut. You hear the binder, the binder, the binder, this, that, the other thing. But it seemed like last night every button he pushed was the was the, the big red one from Red and Stimpy. It's like, well, it's going to implode the universe, you know. And and on top of that, somebody called in today, and and Joe and I were talking about it that in his post game press conferences. Girardi gets very robotic at times in that he says the same things. Like he said yesterday, I thought we swung the bats well. You had 12 hits in 11 innings, 11 guys walked, you left 15 on the bases. That's not I don't swinging think the bats you swung well. the bats well. No. I don't think Brett Gardner swung the bat well in that at bat where he rolled over an outside tailing fastball to, to, to second base. Alex Rodriguez swung the bat well when he crushed that ball into the seats. Single, and there, two walks, and a home run. There were four ground rule doubles in last night's game because it hasn't rained here in three and a half months, so the warning track's like concrete. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. But you, you look at that. You know, Justin Wilson came in last night, and this is it, it, it was a co-point with, with sometimes there was over-management, and he just, you know, you listen to Joe talk sometimes. It sounds like the guy who drops his iPhone and then blames the case not working right when it cracks is the analogy somebody gave me yesterday. Justin Wilson had come in. He gave up a ground rule double to the first batter, or a double to the first batter he faced, retired the next three in a row, and retired the first two in the next inning. All of them except one were lefties. That's why part of the reason why he came in. It was a good lefty-on-lefty matchup. 
Here comes Mookie Betts, a good hitting righty. Joe goes to Betances in the middle of an inning. Never mind you that Justin Wilson is rolling. Didn't have a terrible pitch count. He was in the, in the low 20s, I think, at that point. So you wonder if you give him a chance to get out bets because he's retired five guys in a row. Betances comes in, middle of an inning, throwing the most pitches of any reliever in the American League. Gone. Tie game. And that, was, that blew it. That blew it at that point because the Yankees had a 5-4 lead in the seventh inning with two outs in the seventh inning, seven outs away from clinching a wild card, theoretically, even though the, the games weren't final. And it was because because it was time to go to Dellen. Didn't matter how Wilson was pitching, it was time to go to Dellen. There's stereotypes exist for a reason throughout all of life, and the Joe Girardi binder thing exists for a reason. It's because things like that happen a lot. I, I get the point. I don't agree with it 100%, but I get the point. I get where that comes from. Now, on the other hand, it's that that that's not on him. That's on we played the numbers. Well, I played the lottery numbers last night, and I didn't win. So but did I. that's on me for spending two bucks on the Powerball ticket, not on the numbers. It's not on the machine that that didn't spit out the five number combination I had. That's on me. Somebody in Michigan won. Yeah. Good for them. They live in, oh, Mich- they live in Michigan. Over, they need the money. Over $300 million. Especially for them in Detroit. But anyway, the point, yeah. being, the point being is that <laughs> the point being is that, you know what, every button that was pushed last night, you, 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 you don't like Greg Bird against lefties, but you start him against a lefty. He singles and walks twice, and then you pinch hit for him with John Ryan Murphy, and then he catches and Brendan Ryan goes to first, and then you pinch hit for Brendan Ryan with Ackley. Why not just pinch hit Ackley in the first place? Why, and even Evan said this this morning. Why is Tommy Lane so much scarier than Wade Miley in that situation for Greg Bird? There's just there's so uh, much stuff that so much stuff that contradicts itself because this is the way it's supposed to be. That sometimes you just have to manage by feel. You wonder if you know Enrique Wilson killed Pedro Martinez. This we know is one of the right. the unalienable what the hell facts in Major mm-hmm. League Baseball history. Enrique Wilson owned Pedro Martinez. That's why he was on the Yankees. And if Enrique Wilson wasn't a switch hitter, would Girardi pinch hit for him against Pedro because he's you know right on right? We can't do that. Like these are things you have to I, think of. The, the uh, whole situation just it, it's. <laughs> I can't answer that happened? question, but it, it's 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 amazing that you brought up the quote unquote pushing buttons. I can defend Rico Noel pinch running for McCann in the seventh inning. Same thing. The game had just, you know, they had just tied the game on Betts' home run earlier in the inning. Rico Noel might be the fastest human being on the planet. He had to get a stop sign from Joe Espada on a sack fly from second. That's how fast he is. Yeah, I get that. You know, you lose McCann's bad, it sucks. But Murphy's a decent hitter. Whatever. You can defend things like that. You can defend all the pinch running moves and late in the game. It's the 11th inning. You're trying to win the game. But it just, like I said, it seemed like every button that was pushed just didn't work. If Batances... Well, before I get there, it's funny you brought up the pushing buttons because I was talking to Nick Totoro this morning, um, actor, Brucey. WrestleMania 11 celebrity guest. Yes. Um, NYPD Blue, Blue Bloods. Uh, we talk from time to time about the Yankees. Um, Relative of the man who played Billy Martin in the Bronx's Bronx. Right. John Totoro. Yes. Listen, this guy pretty much... I'm sure if you cut him, his blood is pinstriped. It's blue and white. Talking about Nick? Yeah. Okay. He, this guy loves the Yankees to a fault. The Nye Yankees are his favorite squadron. Yeah. It's Simpsons reference mania. <laughs> <going on that. laughs> 
Excuse me as I put the mic down to take a sip of water. And that's exactly what I said to him when I was going back and forth with him, texting him this morning about this team. I said, you know, because he brought up Girardi and how he's been to this point. You know, the bullpen has been great the way he's handled it and kept the innings down. But I said to him, every button he pushes is the wrong button. That wave right there looks like a TIE fighter. See that? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I looked at the computer. I'm getting Star Wars mania. But anyway, um, every button that Girardi pushes has turned up, instead of roses like it was earlier in the season, is now turning up to be the wrong move. And Thorns. I think the more he thinks – now, look, I- I'm not – I will never question the guy as a man. I, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to sit here from an ivory tower and lob grenades at a guy. Who's won 700 more Major League right. Baseball games than I have. Right. And had won NL Manager of the Year with a you know, a, a Marlins team that had a bunch of 22 and 23 That had Hanley Ramirez alone. But, yeah, they, yeah, they, they were young. Hanram. Rookie of the Year Hanram. So I'm not going to sit here and ridicule the guy. I'm not. I don't think it's my job to ridicule the manager of the Yankees. And, and even if it wasn't my job to talk about sports, I don't think I would either. The guy has a ridiculously tough job. I know they pay him well, but this job in this atmosphere, in this city, with this team, you're going to make some wrong choices. You are. And the Blue Jays... You know, they went after it at the trade deadline. They improved their team exponentially. The Yankees got Dustin Ackley. And that's not a shot at Brian Cashman. We've talked about this before. I don't want to be, you know, repetitive about what we talked about before on the podcast. We didn't want to get rid of this guy. We didn't want to. Yeah, we liked what Brian Cashman did. But the Blue Jays, you see what their offense does. And not late in the game. You know, after three innings, teams are down 5 nothing. And as a starting pitcher, you know, if you're a Marcus Stroman who just came off the DL. Why did you just wink at me surreptitiously over My there? contact lens was, right. was a little dry. Sorry. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I give play-by-play of everything here. But a guy like Marcus Stroman just coming off the DL, if he was a Yankee, he would be wound as tight as a snare drum. He's not getting that 5 nothing lead. He's not getting those early runs. Do you know how much easier it is to pitch as a starter when your offense is raking the way the Blue Jays are? That's why they've been so good. You can pitch to contact. Exactly. You don't, you don't have to nibble here, nibble there. You can just go after hitters because you know your lineup is going to score runs. There's a different mindset in a starting pitcher when he knows his offense is going to perform. Guys like Masahiro Tanaka, guys like CeCe Sabathia, Ivan Nova, go down the list. Michael Pineda. They're not winning ball games. Going out there and giving up a three spot in the first inning, giving up a six spot in the first inning. They know this. And when you're wound as tight as a drum and you're on that mound and you know that the offense isn't performing and, oh, God, I got I to gotta basically pitch a shutout in order for us to have a chance to win, 
There's a different mindset. And that is the difference between the Toronto Blue Jays right now, the AL East champs, and the New York Yankees, who are still yet to get into the postseason. It's the difference between, you know, McDonald's losing its one-day deposit on the way to the bank versus your local neighborhood restaurant who is living day-to-day. Right. You can't make those mistakes. You know what? The Yankees have nine runs in this series, right? They scored one one Monday, four Tuesday, and five yesterday. They're being outscored twenty-four to ten. Ten? They have ten runs in this yes. series. Yes. Did they get to two? They're f- yeah, it ten. Was, I'm sorry, five, four, yeah. and one is ten. Yes. The Red Sox have scored nine runs in the first inning. Yeah. Six on Tuesday and, night and three, three last, last night. night. They've scored nine runs in the first inning. The Yankees have ten in 20, 20, 29 innings. Against I mean, Red Sox pitching. That's. I mean that. You know, it's it is what it is. It's. Now, granted, you know what? Again, there's scenarios where things could happen. There's scenarios where the Yankees could fall completely out. There's scenarios where they could clinch tonight. Hit us up, Lou. So here's here's what's left. Toronto, like you said, Toronto's one game ahead of Kansas City. You want me to beatbox you through these? Are you good? <laughs> Toronto's one game ahead of Kansas City for the the number one seed. Uh, Kansas City's in Minnesota. Toronto's in Tampa this weekend. So, you know, <laughs> Toronto should probably hold on to that yeah. game advantage. Yeah, I think Toronto won the season series against KC, too. So they have the tiebreaker in that scenario. Yankees and Texas are both 86 and 72. Houston's 84 and 75. L.A. is 83 and 75 because Houston's off today. Minnesota's 82 and 76. Texas and L.A. play each other. Houston's at Arizona. So think about this way. Yankees lose tonight. Lose two out of three to Baltimore. Finish with 87 wins. Houston, 87 and 75 if they sweep Arizona. The Angels, 87 and 75 if they sweep Texas. They win the division. It's a tie between L.A. and Houston for the division. Yankees could finish with 86 if they lose out. You could have an 87-win... Houston team, an 87-win L.A. team, and an 86-win Texas team. And you're looking at a one-game playoff in Texas because of the tiebreak. Could happen. Minnesota could win out, too. They could beat Kansas City four games and finish 86-76 and 76 and throw a whole big thing in. You could also see Texas sweep the Angels. Houston choke against Arizona. The Yankees don't need to win another game to have either a tie or the lead over Houston for the wild card could happen. That's how that's how that's how tight this race is. That you could have the Yankees win it going away without even winning a game or not make the playoffs entirely and or face a one game playoff in Texas. And you could argue, uh, you could tell me if I'm wrong here, but if the Yankees somehow some way can't find a way to win one of their remaining four games against the dismal Red Sox and Orioles Mm -hmm. and they miss the playoffs completely. I don't think it's going to happen. And they're facing Wei Yin Chen on Friday. Another lefty, a very good one at that. But they beat Chris Sale, and I know he hasn't pitched well lately, but he's still one of the best starters in the league. They beat Chris Sale, but they've lost Eduardo Rodriguez and Wade Miley. Uh, And Rich Hill tonight. I mean, you you can't predict baseball, Susan. That's the way it is. Uh, But if they can't Win one more game, you you can definitely say 
that that collapse, which can happen, is just as bad as the Mets in 2007. And you, you look at the season series. I mean, Minnesota, Joe Girardi said he doesn't want to even be careful what you wish for. He didn't even want to think about, well, I hope we play this team or that or whatever. And it's true. You, you can't. The Yankees beat Minnesota five out of six. And the one game they lost, they turned it around on a dime after that. A-Rod had the three-homer game, and they won that one. And then Avaldi and the offense blew them out. Right. And then they swept them here. The three and four against Houston, two and five against Texas, and four and two against the Angels, who have maybe the most dangerous lineup simply because of two men, 11 letters, hitting two and three. Trout, poo holes. Trout holes? Trout holes. Poo out. It's <laughs> <laughs> just turning into a self party. Look at that, though. They're a combined nine and 11 against the West. I'm not throwing in the dregs of the West there because right. they don't have a very good record against Oakland either. So, I mean, you know, whatever. But against those three teams, they're, they're under 500. You know, like you said, Keichel's hasn't been scored upon in two games. They lost two out of or five out of seven games at Texas and played Texas when Texas wasn't even Texas yet. I mean, you know, you look at that game where Diego Moreno came out of nowhere to, to stifle the offense. They scored 21 runs. And yet they still lost five out of seven to that team. So yeah, I'm hoping next Thursday we're sitting here previewing game one of the ALDS against Kansas City. I I, I hope so too, but I happen to be a realist. I don't know. I mean, I, look, I've been waiting for this team to switch it on, hit that dime, turn on it. Well, they're going to swing the bats well, no and, matter what, and st- so and start going towards the postseason and not. Beep, 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 back in their way in. Sliding down an icy hill into the playoff lake. Because, look, I, I don't care I, I don't care who you talk to, and if a player looks you in the eye and tells you any different, they're lying. You do not want to go into the playoffs, whether it be a one-game playoff or then a series, playing like this. With the opposite of momentum. Right. The, yeah. the, baseball... I've played my entire life, not at the major league level, not even at the minor league level, but I've played and and I keep playing. If there's one thing, I mean, your confidence could be shattered in between at bats. Yeah. Let alone in between games. And the Yankees as a team, they they don't think they're not looking at the offense going, what the, what the hell is wrong with us? Why can't we score runs? It gets in your head. And it keeps multiplying. And I know, look, they took three or four against the White Sox. They should have took three or four against the White Sox. They should not have lost these last three games against. You cannot lose three games against the Red Sox. And this, you know, I know, again, what's passed is not necessarily prologue, especially across multiple seasons and multiple teams. But you look back at the last couple seasons, and like I said, you know, you look at the Yankees' record against Houston, who was not good the last two seasons. They were under five hundred. They lost two yeah. out of three to the Phillies at home. Yeah. Now, again. And they beat Cole Hamels, right? Yeah. That was their one win. Yeah. Games, games in April mean as much as games in September when those games in April are what are making you play meaningful games in, or meaningless games in September. Right. There is no meaningless game. And like I said last week, you know, the Yankees are one. They lost two out of three at home to Philly. They split with the Marlins. I mean, the Nationals are at least an over 500 team. Yet they beat the Mets four out of six. Yeah. I, you have to make that hay against those bad teams. And like I said, Texas wasn't great at least one of the times they played them. Two and five. 
one and two against the Phillies, two and two against the One of those games, if they had won one of those games, if they had won, if they had even gone seven and twelve against the Blue Jays instead of six and thirteen, champagne was popped in the clubhouse last night. Yeah. That, that's a great way to look at it, and that's an even better way to magnify every game during the season. As, yeah, as much as, you know, all right, they won three out of four. They lost three in a row to the Red Sox at the end of the – as much as you can look at what present performance is doing because that's really – you can only live in the present. An April loss to the Blue Jays could mean you don't clinch the postseason late right. in September. Right. Means you don't get an extra day, you know. Means A Rod's got to keep getting run out there. Means you don't have a chance to run John Ryan Murphy out to first base to see if he's a viable option to play right. first base you against Alexander. Because you need the games. Because you need the games. You can't. You can't manage scared, but on the other hand, you can't manage looking ahead when nothing's in front of you. If the Yankees, just hear me out on this, because you gave us your wild card breakdown. So mm-hmm. if the Yankees win the next two, they win tonight, they're in. They win. Yeah. If they win Friday against Chen, which is a tough one. But if they win Friday, it's likely they're hosting the game. Likely. Yeah. But the Astros have to lose, right? Because the Astros are only two and a half games behind the Yankees. The Astros right are now. two and a half games behind the Yankees, and they're off today. So if the Yankees win today, they're three up minimum. Even if LA wins against Texas, ties Houston 84 and 75. The Yankees win, they're three up with three to go. Meaning, any win or any Houston and Los Angeles loss... They're hosting the game. They're hosting the game. All right. So if they do that, they know they're playing at Yankee Stadium. They could by Saturday morning, or even by tonight, realistically, if you know if they win and the Angels lose and Minnesota loses, then they know they're hosting. And Tuesday, 8.30, playoff game. Yeah. Tuesday night. Which, again... If things work out weird and they have to go to Anaheim or Texas, you're looking at a 7 o'clock start in Texas or a 5.30 game in Anaheim. Yeah. You know what it looks like at 5.30 in Anaheim when the sun's setting over a baseball stadium? Not good. No. Now, that plays both ways, but it's not good both ways. See, you get everything on this show. Yeah. I got to thank my partner for that. He, now, is, he is always prepared. Let's let's spend the last, the next whatever time. We've spent 40 minutes talking about. Sure. About dismal. Misery. I'm amazed we've gotten this far. You're carrying us as usual. Please I'm, continue. I'm, I'm like Ric Flair wrestling a broomstick to a five star match in the '80s. At this point, <laughs> minus all the uh, minus all the transgressions and arrests. And there was my one Dom DeLuise laugh. You're welcome. Once, Joe Girardi said last night the words he used were, "I am not a proponent of the current wild card scenario." Not because. Of the situation the Yankees face, but just because of of what happens, he specifically mentioned you know Brian McCann was in the wild card game, the first one, and one umpire forgot what an infield fly rule looked like, <laughs> and the St. Louis Cardinals went to the World can Series. Can I can I can I tell you something really quick about that? Sure. I was in a restaurant. It was a small Italian place in New Jersey, uh, Mancini's. By the way, if I can give him a quick shout out, the, the place caught on fire. They're rebuilding it, but. Great pizza, great food. The entire restaurant <laughs> said that was an infield fly. Like, everybody, no one's Braves or Cardinal fans. Well, maybe a couple in New Jersey, but the entire restaurant, what are you talking about? Last week in softball, I was arguing for an infield fly, not realizing that there was a runners on first and third and not first and second, but that was just a brain fart in the game. I know what an infield fly is. Right. Apparently, that um, I forget who the umpire was, and I'm not going to call him out anyway, even if I did, but... You know, he said anything. Joe West? No, no, it wasn't, and it wasn't Joe West's second chin either. Um, <laughs> oh God, oh my. 
Basically, the way Joe put it is this, and he, and he used the NL Central as a reference. The Cardinals won the NL Central last night. They have 100 wins. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh has 96. The Cubs have 93. Mm-hmm. Now, they could. They, none of them play each other this, this weekend. They could win out. I forget who they play. The Cubs, I think the Cubs play Milwaukee. Pittsburgh plays Cincinnati. So they should win those games. You could have the Cardinals with 100-plus wins, depending on how they finish. You could have the Pirates with 100 wins because they have four games left. Mm -hmm. Or three games left, I'm sorry. So 99 wins. The Cubs could have 97. You could have a 97-win team and a 99-win team playing a play-in game to see who plays a 104-win team in the first round of the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Mets and Dodgers, who are at 89 and 88 respectively, and could stay there, the Nationals could just be like, you know, in super pissed off mode like the Red Sox are with the Yankees. You would be like, you know, we're going to ruin your last weekend. And the Dodgers, I mean, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. They would be playing for the other berth in the NLD, NLCS. So you could have a 100-plus win team so or two 95-plus win teams yeah. eliminated in the first two You're going to cancel out one of those teams. One of which came out in a one-game playoff. That sucks. There's, yeah. no, there's no way about it. I, I agree with Joe Girardi. That, I do, that, too. That blows. It, I'm it's, not going to even play devil's advocate just so we could argue. There, there, right. There's nothing to argue about. That makes no sense. Now, what Girardi said was, you know, his optimal idea is that it's a three-game series, the wild-card series. And the penalty for being a wild card is the DS starts the next day. Or maybe you have a day off if you finish it in two. And people would be like, well, you're adding games to the season. You know, game seven of the World Series is already November 4th, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? Baseball started on April 6th, so started a week earlier. It ends in October. Yeah. That's pretty, there you go. That's pretty simple. But so I, I did a little mathematics because mathematics okay. is what I do. Did you use Common Core? I did. I broke it down into number sequences and circles and circle dot dot, and I got my cootie there shot. There you go. The wild card games are Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. The ALDS begins Thursday. Thursday. The NLDS Friday. begins Friday. The NL the ALDS runs Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Push forward a day for the NLDS. All right. And then the no matter what, the ALCS begins October sixteenth. The NLCS begins October seventeenth. That's a Friday and a Saturday for those of you in TV land. Yet. And make it a three-game wildcard series. Even if it goes three, make them play three days in a row. The AL wildcard series, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday if necessary. Now, if you want to make a penalty for the wildcard, make it that the team that wins the first wildcard gets the whole series. So there's no home game why, for the second wildcard. Why give a Monday off? Don't give a Monday off. Make you them need, start on Monday. You, no, you need Monday in case of tiebreaker play. Like You need, you need to have that day in case All right, of that's true. In case of emergency, you need yep. that day. You could either have the, the series, like if it's Yankees, say it's Yankees-Angels. This is why we hash it out. All right. You have the Yankees host the series completely or no travel day in between games one and two and three. So yeah. you have the, the number two wild card host game one. You got to fly from New York to Anaheim? Tough. You know what? Yeah. Or reverse. The NL wild card, same way. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You could still start the ALDS on Friday and the NLDS on Saturday, one day later than you would now. And if you bum, 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 eliminate the travel day situation by going back to a 2-3 format in the DS, 
The DS is in the 14th and the 15th. The championship series is begin the 16th and the 17th. You're right there on schedule. One quick modification. And it's a little bit more fair for everybody. I like it. Cosign. That way, uh, the teams like the Cubs and the, and, the, and the Pirates, who have busted their rear mm-hmm. ends all season, and let's face it, any other year, they're battling for the division, not the wild card right and that, now. And that guarantees you, if the playoffs all end in sweeps, uh-huh. you have two wild card games, mm-hmm. you have 12 division series games, eight championship series, that's 22, four World Series games, 26. This guarantees you at least 28. Because you'd have to play at least two games in the wild card series as opposed to one. There'd be 16 DS games, not 12. No, right? three, 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 three. Oh, that's right. Yeah, best of five. Yeah. You're right, 12. So this guarantees you. I was thinking best. Of this guarantees you two to possibly four more dates, which is two to possibly four more home dates for teams to make more money. Judging by the attendance at Major League Baseball parks, not that much more money, but money nonetheless. TV rights work out because if you go. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, depending on where they are. Tuesday can be a night game. Wednesday, you have, you know, the NL, NL starts with an afternoon game. People love afternoon games. People think, oh, I'm not going to go to this weird start time in the middle of the week, this, that, the other thing. You remember game five of the 2002 ALDS, how Yankee Stadium was rocking at 4.30 on a Friday afternoon? People go. It's playoff baseball. People will go. And then you just work the schedule around that. It's very easy. I don't think uh, the division winners are going to complain about having like an extra five days off or four days off, whatever it is either. It's not even that. The division winners right now, the, the NLDS starts, you have an extra day off. You'd have an extra, literally one day off. You would be starting the ALDS on the 9th instead of the 8th and the NLDS on the 10th instead of the 9th. It's one day. But so not only fifth, that, sixth, seventh, yeah. eighth, ninth. Not only that, as Girardi said, you know, you could be playing five days in a row. If you, if your wild card series goes three, you're playing five days in a row: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the DS starts the next day. You got two straight games. That hurts your roster because now you've got to use all five of your starters, unless you bring somebody back on short rest. But you have a fair shake at trying to get in. If right. you lose one game, you're not done. After battling for 162 games. After 162 games, games yeah. where every series is three or four, sometimes five, and occasionally two on those split fours. Yeah. It's, it's nine innings. I like that. Die. Sign. It, it doesn't, I mean. It, I second the motion. I do. Yeah. I think that's better than our I college mean, football at, uh, championship. Like, look at, the, look at the AL and NL. Look at it as they stand now. Say Pittsburgh stays ahead of Chicago. The right. Yankees have anybody. Right. It's going to be a West team. Mm-hmm. Houston or, or, or L.A. Mm-hmm. All right, so game one, Tuesday in L.A. Or we'll just go with the Yankee, the, the home team, mm-hmm. the whole series. Game one, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, New York. The NL wild card, 2 o'clock Eastern time, Wednesday. People love day games at Wrigley Field, Absolutely. especially a playoff game. PNC Park as well. That's, it would be in PNC. It's Pittsburgh. Great ballparks. Yep. So 1 or 2 o'clock start on Wednesday, and then the Yankee game is 8 o'clock. Thursday, flip them. Game 3, do or die, is on short rest. ALC, See, I don't 1 think, o'clock on a Thursday at Yankee Stadium. I think if you're that second wild card team, though, if I could just put a rule in there, you play three-game series at the number one seed. You don't make 
the number one seed travel. You're okay, still getting three games. Yeah. If you can't win on the road, you you shouldn't be advancing anyway. The second wild card team isn't guaranteed a home game until the DS anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. So make them play all three games on the road. Don't. You know, so don't that's your advantage as the number one wild card is you correct. play the whole series at home. And your disadvantage is being the last one in is you have to play three road games. So there you go. Eight o'clock Tuesday in New York. Wednesday it's one o'clock in Pittsburgh. Eight o'clock in New York. Thursday it's one o'clock in New York. Eight o'clock in Pittsburgh. And then Friday night in Pittsburgh. So there's one one day game in each series, guaranteed. You know, guaranteed in the NLCS. Hey, not so Cubs, much in the you, you you wanted to be home? Should have beat the Pirates out during the season. You want a home playoff game during the wild card series? Should have been the number one wild card. Hey, team. you won ninety six games this year. You finished third in your division. There you go. That's it. You got to be should've punished. Should have won a hundred. You got you shouldn't be punished, but you got to be punished somehow because that's the way the season shook out. You can't help it. You can't. Yeah. And the old way. The Cubs aren't even in the playoffs. You could even go the I mean you could go the NBA way, which people would say is unfair. And oh look at it and go God. you'd be looking at a Mets Dodgers play in game with the winner to play the Cardinals and the Cubs and Pirates in a five game series. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, the NFL playoffs. You where could uh, pen- winning, you know, penalize the lesser record teams. Yeah. Winning the division guarantees you a home game, but you gotta play the first round if you're not one of the two buys. Like the seven and nine Seahawks a couple of years back. Six and ten uh Panthers last year, Oof. Oof. or or whichever corner of the dumpster fire that is the NFC East gets less burnt by oh, by God. Christmas. Well, at least your Eagles won, and the you Giants won. We're at fifty three minutes and thirty seconds, so yeah, let's go to the Magic Hour. We can spend about five minutes on that. What do you say? All right, uh, I guess I'll talk about the Giants for a couple of minutes if I have. First to. of all, let me ask you this: Are you going to get up at nine o'clock on Sunday morning to watch the Jets uh, Miami game in London? Nope. Okay, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be leaving for the airport somewhere around the middle I'll, of that game. So I'll be up. I, I I'll be with my kids. I, I won't be watching the Jets and Dolphins. See, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I, I I cannot, and it doesn't have anything to do with my wife either. It's me. I cannot sit in front of a TV from nine o'clock in the morning till midnight watching football. I can't. I cannot watch college games from noon until midnight. I can't do it. I need to enjoy my life. I need to enjoy my children. That is not happening. That ship has sailed. I was at my parents, and you're going to kill me for this, but I was at my parents last weekend. I, don't, I have to pay. It's a premium on Cablevision to get Red Zone. I think it's another $10 a month. Yeah, with the sports pack. You can so I don't get sports it. Package, yeah. I don't get it. I, I have it. I'm not. Well, it's why I pay $197 a month for cable and internet. It used to be James Dolan, but I don't know who it is now. He sold the company for you know how many billions of dollars to somebody. But I am not giving them any more of my money. I'm just not. It's ridiculous the amount of money I pay for what I you know the limited amount of pay channels I get now. This is going to start an entire new conversation, so I'm not going to go there. But I was with my parents this past weekend in New Jersey. They have Comcast, and my dad gets Red Zone for free with his package. So I watched it for the first time in my life, and my head almost exploded. You wonder, Scott Hansen might be the best broadcaster on television based on what he has to do 17 Sundays a year. It was probably – I could not stop watching it. I couldn't. It was the best – you know, my kids were there and they were playing and, you know, they were with my parents. So it's a different story. If my parents are entertaining the kids, I got to sit there like a 
mind numbing zombie watching football. It's the perfect amalgam of the short attention span theater that has become life versus the desire to consume as much football. Like combined with fantasy football, pretty much taking over precedence over actual football fandom. I, I gotta. I got to be honest, after the 1 o'clock games, I couldn't take it anymore. No, I, I couldn't watch it. In the 4 it. o'clock games, there was only three of them, and two of them sucked. They were so, terrible. Yeah. But even, even if they were good games, I, I was just done. And I didn't even watch, I didn't watch Sunday night, and I didn't watch Monday night. Yeah. That, I mean, I used to be glued to the TV for every single game that was nationally televised. Unless it's the Giants or the Jets, where I have to be up to speed on it, talking about them, guess what? And kill me all you want, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching... Yeah. The Denver Broncos. When was that on on Monday, or Sunday night? Uh, Den- yeah, the Denver game was Sunday night. Who'd they play? <laughs> I have no idea. I have Somebody? no idea. I'm not watching the Packers. No, I'm they not- played Detroit. It was Denver. Yeah, Detroit. I'm not watching the Broncos and Lions. I have Demarius Thomas. Guess what? I'll find out when I wake up how many mm-hmm. points he had. I'm not watching it. I'm not. If you think I'm watching Packers and Chiefs on Monday night. First of all, the commercials during these games last longer than the damn games themselves. It's bad enough a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, but at least you can go out. You know, you can call your friend up. You go to a bar. You have a couple beers. You watch the game. You shoot the you-know-what. You could talk during the game. There's other games going on all over the bar. Fine. But if you're just watching the game at home, it's impossible to get into the flow of things. At least baseball, you're back in a minute 25. I know the game itself moves slow, but football, you got like four-minute commercial breaks. Yeah. And, and if you're at the game, it's even worse. My uncle told me he has season tickets to Rutgers for some reason, and he goes every year. <laughs> I said, Uncle Bob, why do you waste your money and your time? But I digress. He said it was impossible that the players are standing up their hands on their hips for five minutes. This is a Rutgers game. A Rutgers game. Help me out here. You there there's instances where in the last <laughs> in the last five minutes of like a blowout game where you could see thirty to forty seconds of action and four minutes of standing around yes. and or the clock running out. Yes. Because my wife even said that the other day when one game went into victory for me, she's like, why don't they just end it? Well, because you never know. A team could fumble down 40 on a victory formation play. I... Have the Bears traded anybody else yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game was a disaster. Uh, where were the Giants on Jared Allen, by the way? Where, where was Jerry Reese on that trade? Hello? I don't know. He's got hello? 10. Does he have 10 fingers? McFly, hello? I mean, for real. They need a pass rush. The Eagles did win, and as I said to as I said to EJ Gentile, one of our producers here, we were talking about. He's like, "What do you expect last week?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It's a classic trap game for the Jets." Well, Bradford off- definitely didn't win that game, no. but the Jets coming off Monday night, you know, then on Monday night on the road to Sunday one o'clock at home, you know, it's a trap game. The Eagles can't be as bad as they were against Dallas, but they are. They are. And what happened? They started fast. Sproles carried them. The defense carried them. They started fast and held on for the ride. That was it. So it was the opposite of the last two weeks where they were sleepwalking through the first half. As Sam Bradford is your quarterback the rest of the season. It's a, this is a 6-10 and 10 team, especially if Kendricks and Alonzo miss a lot of time. It is not going to be fun it's for It's a 6-win team. Now, on the other hand, my team, who should be 3-0 and 0 right now. Also a 6-win team. 
Maybe. They, you know, they went out Thursday night, short rest, did what they needed to do against the Redskins, but they still look like garbage. And the Redskins, who beat the Rams, How bad? who beat the Seahawks. How bad are the Rams? I know they beat the Seahawks, but how bad are the Rams? This has been a disaster for suicide pools this year because oh god, there's three teams that look amazing. How many people got knocked out with the Seahawks in the first week? I didn't do it. My, I don't do it anymore. My softball team, we did one. We we do one where the winner doesn't have to chip in for beer. Okay. The next season, yeah. After the game, uh huh. It was over in week two. Really? It was over in week two. Fourteen guys it was over in week two. Six guys lost in week one because of Seattle. And New Orleans. Eight guys lost this week because of various combinations of Miami. Uh-huh. Over. Over in week two. Who took Miami against Buffalo? So, no, somebody took Miami against, um, yeah, somebody took Miami Oh, that was week two. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, week three was last week. Come on, Chris. Get with the program. Buffalo played New England. No, Miami lost to the Redskins. Yeah. 17-10. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. No. They beat the Redskins 17-10 week one. They lost in week two. Yeah, they, they, whoever they played. To Jacksonville. Jacksonville, that's right. The Raiders. People had Baltimore beating the Raiders. People still had high hopes for New Orleans against the Bucks. Like, you know, it was just, I, I lost with, I'll be honest, I lost with Baltimore. I had Baltimore over Oakland. It's not a bad pick. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it was over in week two. But the Giants, they came out. They did what they needed to do against the Redskins. They, they, they got us coffee for a quarter on Friday. They, they, say, yeah, <laughs> they saved us. They saved the season for a week. They're one and two. They go up to Orchard Park this Sunday. They got to go up against Tyrod Taylor, who is T-Mobile, pretty much who I picked up because you I have should've. I have Roethlisberger and Cutler. Oh boy, <laughs> sorry. Right. I have Bradford and Philip Rivers. And I picked up Tyrod Taylor. Now uh, my fantasy team needs the Pope, but anyway, um, the Giants if they go up to Buffalo. And they beat that Bills team, and they even it up at 2-2. Two and two. Okay, uh, we're talking about maybe turning it around. But I, somehow I just don't see it happening. What did we say last week before this game? I said that depending on how things shape up, the Washington Redskins could be in the best shape in this division. Nope. <laughs> but, on the other hand, you're looking at a division that's got three 1-2 and two teams that yeah. all have severe flaws and a 2-1 and one team that's missing its quarterback and it's, it's, wide, and it's receiver. wide receiver for the majority of the season. Correct. First team, Nate, it's, yeah, it's, first it's team, Nate wins? The, it's going to be the AFC South or, or the NFC South or the NFC West. First team, Nate wins? Wins the division. Gets in the playoffs. Simple as that. But as I was saying with the suicide pool, there's three teams that look unstoppable, one of which got stopped because their quarterback is, is hurt. That's the Dallas Cowboys. No, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dallas. I don't, I don't think they're unstoppable. Well, San Francisco stinks. So that yeah. beatdown they put on them, notwithstanding. Yeah. Now they turn it over to Michael Vick, which is going to be interesting. Well, you mean they turn it over to Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. They turn it over to Michael Vick, handing off to Le'Veon Bell. Right. One of which is the Arizona Cardinals, who, again, the 49ers stink, but Arizona's looked really good over their the first couple weeks. Their defenses look tremendous, yeah. Yep. Those two teams look look very 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 good, and one of which is I know it's against the NFC. One of which is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, which hey, it's ha- what three comeback wins against Philly, against the Giants, and against three comeback the wins. The first game they were winning handily in the first half. The Eagles came back and they came back on them. 
Week two, it was them coming back on the Giants, uh, and then last down, right? and then last week it was kind of a shootout against the the Cowboys. Down fourteen nothing early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and this is a team that Rex Ryan could have went to, and the Packers uh, look very good as well. Yeah. Well, when you have Obviously, Aaron Rodgers I mean, yeah. taking a snap, you're going to look pretty. And good. team that doesn't look very good is the Andy Reid School of Clock Management failure Oof. that is Kansas City. Yeah, the Chiefs look pretty bad. I wonder if when he lost all that weight, he lost the little clock management skill he had. Well, I don't know, but it, I don't, it's 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 just like I, I long for the 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 days where you just kind of knew the Giants had a solid defense with a solid pass rush, and you knew every week going in they had a shot. The past two three years. You're just sitting in front of a TV, throwing your hands up in the air, saying, well, here we go again. I don't know what I'm going to get, but I'm going to be into it until the third, fourth quarter and probably yelling at myself for wasting another three and a half hours of my life watching the team. And we have Eagles Giants on Monday night to look forward to in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks from this coming Monday. You've got to wear my Giants jersey. Yeah. I did find out that you and I will be paired together for the annual uh, golf, outing? golf outing. Oh, really? Yeah. Who else is in our foursome? I don't know, but you and I will be paired together. How, per, per, how did that happen? When the email was sent out postponing it, I said, oh, if Chris is in, we got to be paired together. Paul's like, yeah, I'd planned on it. So that We were paired fun. together the last one, right? Last year, weren't we? Was it two years ago? Last year I played with Scott and I think Gary. It was just Who's a threesome. Gary person? <laughs> Gary, our editor. I know it's it's from a weird science. Oh yeah, and and <laughs> I I played with uh, with Scott Davis, Yankees on our Yankees on producer. He's our son. Yeah, two years ago I think it was me and you and did we play with Cole? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I'm just warning you now. I have not played all season. I have only played li- because of what's happened this summer. I've played limited amounts of, of haven't golf. Played. But, I haven't picked up a golf club all yeah. season, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be an adventure gonna be a lot of four i played i will tell you this that i was going to play next weekend but now i'm not next next weekend so that will be my first round since the saturday of labor day weekend when i was in the throes of personal issues and shot 120 and of course i can play in my sleep that's pretty much my average so on any course Mm -hmm. so that ought to be fun yeah a lot of spraying just just going out and hanging out and talking and joking around. And, you know, the Caddyshack lines always come out. It's fun. It's That's what we do. You get rude. Well, we've, we've reached the magic we've hour. We've reached the magic hour. I had no idea. I had no confidence. Well, next, next week is going to be very interesting when we, come, when we reconvene next Thursday. It's either the one and three or two and two Giants, the one and three or two and two Eagles. The Yankees comes coming up, coming off, or the Yankees coming off a season-ending loss in the wild card game, and we move forward, or possibly the, the postmortem either way if they don't make it. But yeah, I don't, I don't see that. And then, I mean, we're looking, we're three weeks away from Brooklyn Nets basketball. I'm looking forward to Nets basketball. Actually, it's going to be an interesting season for them too. A whole different, uh, younger, athletic. Darren Williams out. Had a good chat about it yesterday, actually, in the Yankees clubhouse with uh, Andy Vasquez from the Bergen yes, Record. absolutely. Who was covering for uh, Pete Caldera on the beat last Love night. Love Andy. Andy's a good people. We had a, we're having a good chat about that. We were, we were discussing, we were lamenting how it seems like a lot of, I think the Daily News isn't even like full-time covering the Nets Steph anymore. Steph Bondi is with the Knicks now. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they let go Philip Andy right. and, and Ruben and, and Bill Madden and all the baseball guys. But um, yeah, I don't, from what I heard that they're not covering, like they're not sending beat reporters on the road kind of thing or wow. just rotating things. So, I mean, it's, it could be Timmy and Rod and Phil and the rest, you know, Timmy, Rod, Devin, Devin will be there. Of course. Our own Devin I, Carparadian. I, I, yes, I should not neglect to mention our own no. Devin Carparadian. This, who, this dude, like I, I've said it once, I'll say it again. And if you're still with us and you're a net fan, you're going to love what I'm about to say. If you love this team, and you love not only a sense of humor, I should say the analytics first, because Devin is like a basketball computer. So picture someone breaking down your favorite team with a sense of humor, but mixed in where it's not annoying, but it's... It's not deprecating oh, wow, humor. I didn't know that. And, oh, I just laughed. Yeah. And, oh, wow, I really love reading what Devin writes. It's not a snarky humor. No, 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 yeah, no. Devin's is. all business when it comes to the Nets. And it, 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 it shows in his writing and his passion and on the BK Connects when I do those with uh, him and Rod Boone, who, who writes for Newsday and covers it. Both great guys. Uh, they give us great stuff for the Nets pregame show. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing that again. But BK Connect. Uh, with Devin, me, and Rod, and thebrooklyngame.com if you're a Nets fan to uh, follow Devin and his chicanery throughout the season. In his merry band of misfits. Yes, because um, it's a great read every time. Yeah, and like I said, the preseason begins, I think, in 12 days. Yeah. They play, I don't know how to pronounce it, it's yeah, the Turkish team, Fenerbach. Yeah. yeah. Um, to start it off, I mean, last year they played Maccabi. Played the Celtics a couple times. Yep. Then so, they open with the Bulls at home yeah. without Derrick Rose. Surprise, surprise. And then the Halloween road trip to uh, San Antonio, Memphis. Oh, God. Which at least is not over New Year's this year. I mean, the last uh, few years, that yeah. was the New Year's road but that's trip. that's what, you know, kicked their season into gear. Yeah. Getting pasted by the Spurs right around New Year's. And then clobbering the Grizzlies. <laughs> kind of woke them up. Yeah, anyway. All right, Weird. that's going to do but it. But so, yeah, it'll be a big show next week. And then, you know, maybe we'll get some some friends. You be know? nice, especially if the Yankees have advanced. And we, we, we didn't even scratch the surface of the Mets. I mean, we can talk about them a little bit, too. Their first postseason since Carlos Beltran struck out looking against Adam Wainwright. I think Kevin Kernan would be perfect. I was thinking the same thing. Maybe a Kenny Singleton and Kevin Kernan. Edition of the Yes yeah. Network's Christian like Show it. podcast. Kenny's great with the Yanks. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that the Yankees advance uh, past the wild card game and get to the DS. So we'll bring Kenny on to talk about that and break down their series with the Blue Jays or the Royals. And, you know, come the, come the end of the postseason and things, I know he has his show and all that. I, it would be great. I would love to have Michael come on with us if, if that could be logistically made possible to, for a, you know, post-mortem once the season's over, well over. That would be interesting. I think he'd do it. Also next week, I'll, I'll – I don't know if you've ever read this, but River Avenue Blues does the just completely random for the hell of it, the announcer standings. Yes. So that'll be over. I, I think I think I think it's Michael Flash and Kenny has the best they record. Have the best record. The best the best winning percentage when Michael Flash and Kenny they even count like Fox, ESPN, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. F S one games, things like that too. So, you know, the the combos of, of Crux Shulman and Schilling or Mendoza or whoever's been in the booth. Um, for those Fox games in there, too. So that'd be interesting to look at. But anyway, 
He's at Lou DePietro, yes. I'm at Chris Sheeran, yes, on the Twitter machine. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Same bad time. Same bad channel. Later, everybody.